Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, discussing all things audiobooks with the authors that write the stories and the narrators that perform them. Brought to you by Viviana, Enchantress of Books. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Season 3 of the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast. Today, I am chatting with author LJ Evans. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really honored to be here. Oh, I'm excited to get to know you better and, and learn about your books and things like that. Because as the, the as your website says that you write art, you know, aching, heartfelt, low, slow burns. You know, I wish I love a slow yes. burn at times, you know, it's like sometimes you're like, oh, that tension. So as well as, you know, with deep, relatable characters and two friendships and families dynamics. So it's, I'm like, yeah, it's going to be a fun chat. Um, why don't we start by <laughs> why don't we start by having you tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been writing, and how you got started? Okay, well, let's see. So the first thing I tell most people is I've been writing my whole life. So when people ask me that, I'm like, they're like, when did you start writing? And I'm like, I can't I can't remember a time in my life when I wasn't writing. Like it's just been part of my life forever. But um, in fact, my first story that I ever wrote finished you know I'm I'm older so my books were all written in spiral bound notebooks with tiny itty bitty print you know that you could barely read and um my first novel was a romance novel that had me it was fan fiction before fan fiction was kind of a thing and I had John Schneider from Dukes of Hazard he was my hero like and and he was like famous and he found me it was a total celebrity romance right hilarious I was in sixth grade so you can imagine how bad it was but um yes I've been writing my whole life I did a lot of different kinds of writing so I did screenplays and I did um short stories and I've done novels but I never really did a ton of it and you know with with any of it until I was older and uh, my child had gone off to college with a creative writing degree. And I had a story that I had been um, playing around with for a couple of years. And I was like, this is my time to do something. I, I, I want to put my book out there. And so I did. And that was in 2017. But uh, so I've only been publishing since 2017 was my fifth year of being in this book verse but when they ask how I started it's like I don't know how to tell you how I started I've just <laughs> always been writing <laughs> well that's the how you just started you know yeah it's kind of funny it's just never been never not been in my life I guess I can always I could always tell when I wasn't writing enough because I could feel the tension like in my life, in my body, like I needed it as an outlet for mm. myself. So it's some people need to golf or run or I needed to write. It was just my way of releasing energy. Wow. Okay. That's good to know too, because sometimes we don't know that that's what it's manifesting as. And we're going, I don't like golf. So that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> But no. yeah, but a lot of <laughs> a lot of authors that I've spoken to have oh have a lot of things in common. But one of the things is that they seem to have been writing and have a love of or have a love of stories um, from a very very young age. 
you know, aside from other things happening in between, but it's something that, you know, kind of sticks with you. And the fact that you were writing fan fiction, uh, it's great. That's awesome. Yeah, I was so old that even it wasn't called fan fiction. There was no such thing as fan fiction when I started writing it. I, yeah, there wasn't just the label hadn't been created yet, but still. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> um, your titles are within the gen- subgenre of romance of like contemporary romance. What is it about the contemporary romance that you love so much? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think. You know, I do, I have, I've played around with a lot of genres over the years. I uh, wrote historical in my head. I wrote fantasy with my sister a lot. Uh, we did a lot of different things. And I think for me, the pieces about books and stories that always attract me are the things that I can relate to most. Mm-hmm. So real life kind of situations that people are kind of overcoming that resiliency of our of humanity and the way things can be really bad and yet we just get muddled through it in our own different ways and uh that's what attracts me is the things that are in our world already so i think that's why contemporary is the genre that seems best for me because I I like showing pieces of our own world I guess okay so if you had another favorite genre what would that be for reading or for writing because that's a you know that's that is true good question there LJ um (laughs) hmm. I'm curious obviously I'm curious about both yeah. yeah. I, my genres for reading are really wide. Like I, I read everything, you know, I read mysteries, I read contemporary women's fiction, I read almost all the types of romance you can get. Um, I'm not the only thing I really don't read is horror. I'm not a horror person. So from my reading perspective, I read everything. For writing, I feel like um the contemporary romance, obviously, I, my first book, the first book I wrote was kind of on the border of being a uh, young adult. And I, I have a lot of interest in the young adult genres. And then I liked a lot of um, fantasy, paranormal romance kind of things. So I have a book duet that I play around with a lot. Um, when I'm not on deadline for one of my regular novels. And I'm hoping that someday I'll put those out maybe for a publisher to grab. And those are paranormal and a new adult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's for my writing. Mm-hmm. So when you say paranormal stories, what does that entail for you? Because, you know, paranormal is going to have shifters and vampires, fairies and magical oh my. Um so what are you, what does that story look like entail? Yeah, I don't feel like it's as dark as some paranormal because some paranormal can be really dark. Yeah. Um, but... And uh, so for me, the storyline is a fairy godmother storyline. Oh, so that's... it's oh, on the lighter end of it. So I think it would be more like a YA paranormal mm-hmm. kind of than some of the darker stuff. So not shifter, yeah. okay, but magical. Magic. Okay. 
Awesome. Yeah, I always like a good magical book when there's almost like it almost reads like a contemporary, except that, oops, they can do magic. Exactly. <laughs> Those are the ones that I love most. <laughs> yeah. Those actually have I've I been able to enjoy those very much. I mean, I'm all for a shifter, uh, don't get me wrong. But sometimes when it's one of those, it just reads like a contemporary. Cause then I'm like, well, who else do I know that might have some of that magic? You know? Do exactly. I? And I haven't just tapped into it. Oh my. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, the chocolate and I think it's chocolate and sin. Kylie Scott. It's Kylie Scott chocolate and sin books that series is amazing i really love that series and it's kind of that i mean there are shifters in it too but she's magical and but it's Mm -hmm. really almost like your real world but like alternate universe world i guess (laughs) yeah and i've also read some some pnr that are not heavy or dark or anything like that that include other you know universes and creation of worlds so that's what i love about romance it runs the gamut you can go very light and funny and fluffy, including Hallmark, where there is everything fades to black, um, to the <laughs> more darker, the, oh, no, um, kind of be in a right state of mind to kind of read it, too. So yes. it's always fun. So I'm like, what a mood am I in today? That's right. And there's, <laughs> there's something for everybody, mm-hmm. which is, I think, is just amazing because there's not many things in life that there's something for everybody, right? Yes, Exactly. So where do you get your ideas from for the, for your stories? So I get my ideas from stories a lot from music. And like, if you were on my website, you probably noticed that lyrics of songs will absolutely inspire me. Either I'll write some random scene that has nothing to do with anything I'm writing, or it just adds more details to the story I'm already creating. Uh, Sometimes the songs will inspire a whole new book and sometimes they just kind of add on to things that I'm already creating my very first book that I published uh my life as a country album is all Taylor Swift songs and Mm -hmm. my child and I were going to a Taylor Swift concert it was her red tour so that's a long time ago and we had like all her songs up to then like on repeat in the car like we were for like a couple weeks before we went to the concert, we were listening to them every time we were in the car. And Oh My 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 Mary song came on. And I saw these two little kids and their parents and the life that they led, like playing together on the street and in the creek and fishing together. And um, every song after that just kind of added like to their story about what happened to them. So that book like literally wrote itself in like I don't know four weeks maybe at the most and it it was just like this like came out of me like I don't know it was amazing like I was gonna say vomit but that's not a good image (laughs) (laughs) no we need to come up with something more magical yeah yes uh, that's right yeah Yeah. (laughs) that magic we were talking about right it came out like magic um but I didn't do anything. I, I loved the story, but after I finished it, I just shut it down. I didn't do anything forever with it. And then I, I would come back every couple months, open it up, reread it and go, God, I love this story so much. And I did send out a few queries to some agents. Um, not a lot. I wasn't real consistent or pushy about it. Like I didn't make it my goal to get an agent. And, but every time I opened the story, I was in love with it more and more. 
I sent it to my sister, who's been my like first draft reader for my entire life. And uh, she called me. I was in the airport with our child and my husband. We were in the security line going through security. And my sister calls. She's sobbing. And I'm like, what's wrong? Are you okay? Like, panicked. And she's like, your book was amazing. It made me cry. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm in the line for security. You're crying. I'm all freaked out. But yeah, so she would not stop after she read it. She's like, you have to publish this book. Like, I don't care if you self-publish it. I don't, you have to. Like, so she was on me constantly after that. And then when my child went away to college, like I said, I kind of felt she was a creative writing major. And I kind of was like, not jealous, but like, I wanted, like, I wanted to do this for myself. It was kind of like a bucket list. I want to be out there. I want to have a book. If it's the only one I ever do, I want it out there. And it wasn't amazing. I felt I loved the book so much. I wanted to give it to people to read. And so I finally just hit publish. Like it was, I was still teaching at the time and it was spring break. And I had been doing some things behind the scenes to kind of get it ready. I knew nothing about publishing. I knew nothing about romance world. Like I, I was I should have done so many things differently, but for me, it was kind of like a bucket list, not quite a vanity press, but it was just something I needed inside me to know that I had gotten out there. And so our spring break, I hit publish and then I kind of just put out to my friends and family, I'm like, oh, I did this little thing. And um, people were amazed. Like I hadn't even told my husband I was hitting publish. Like he knew I wrote it, but he didn't even know I was doing it. Mm. And he's like, Oh my God. And so then I had people reading it, friends and family. Like I just knew nothing. Like I put the book as free for the first five days that it was out. Like it was just, <laughs> so my friends and family wouldn't have to pay for it. Right. I knew nothing. But after a while I had people like contacting me that who had read the book. Like I, I didn't do any promo. Like I didn't know anything. I was clueless. And I had random people like contacting me and just telling me how the story had impacted them and how they knew people with the same health issues and had similar situations happen to them and how much it meant to them to read about it and see it. And that was amazing. And then there were people that were asking for more of that world and those characters. And so that's how it came about. I love the fact that you had the courage to hit publish. Because that takes a lot, you know, especially if you um, when you're, you know, doubting yourself or when you don't know a whole lot about the industry. But the fact that you just did it, that is just fantastic. So kudos to you on that. Oh, I wish I hadn't done it that way. Like looking back. Right. But I um, it does take everybody who tells me that they're writing and, I'm, and they're like, oh, I feel like it's, I'm too old or it's passed me by or I'm like, it's never too late. Like, I mean you can be in your seventies and eighties and put publish for the first time. Like who cares? Like it's all that life experience that you gain adds to those stories. And, but I do tell people like do better than me, <laughs> go, go do some research, show up at some things. Uh, people always ask. And I'm like, I'm not related to Alessandro Torre's world at all. But if I had started somewhere, I wish I had gone to Inker's Con because I think that it's such a great place for beginners to start and learn about the industry. And um, so that's one of the things I always tell people if they ask, they're like, what should I do? And I'm like, go to Inker's Con. You don't even have to go in person. <laughs> you can go online if you're if you're a person who can do 
videos and actually listen and learn that way. But yeah, so thank you. It does take a lot of courage. And I, uh, you know, I tell people all the time, it's a really huge leap, but you won't regret it. Yeah. Also, at the same time, I maybe if you would have done the research at that time, it would have prevented you from hitting the the publish button, knowing that there was X amount of work or maybe, you you know, the self-doubt, anything that comes in. I mean, imposter syndrome pops up yes. all the damn time. Oh. Uh, so having that knowledge in advance could have potentially prevented you to some extent, <laughs> maybe, right? So oh, that's such a positive way to look at it. Yes, yes. it's such yes. a positive way to look at it because you're right. Like, I mean, I could have gotten really overwhelmed by all the steps and all the things that I didn't know how to do because there's a lot in this industry. Oh, yeah. Even five years later, I'm like, I still don't know how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. That's the other thing, too. As as you continue to grow in, in, in the, you know, in the community and in the uh, industry, there's you, you learn that there's other people that can do it for you. And if you know, <laughs> little things like that, that are like, yes. But that's also too that that taking that leap is Sometimes, you know, it's a, the, it's a lot of different factors, the right time, the right moment, maybe not knowing enough, because right. if you knew too much, you'd be like, oh, hell no, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, or the opposite. There's some individuals that will not take the leap unless they know all the ins and outs and that's okay, but that's how they function. I think that sometimes I'm a mix and but there's more times in my life I think I would have wanted to be the one that just hit the pu publish button of whatever the case was without having all the knowledge. Exactly. Yeah. It's a little yes, more fun too sometimes. True. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. So in all these books that you've now written, um, mm -hmm. there's always like, of course, a, a beginning, a middle and an end and, you know, the relationship building and stuff like that. But there's also different scenes in the books that as you're writing it, they kind of get created. Is there a particular type of scene that you love that you like, you know, it's like the love, you know, like when they first meet scene or when the the, the fight happens or whatever. Um, what is that scene for you? You know, I think it changes by the book. Wow. So, you know, and I think, again, some of that depends on where I'm getting my inspiration. So if I was inspired by a song for the book, I I can't wait to get to that scene, right? So I might have even written that scene and then I'm working toward that scene in the book all along. Um, so I definitely think first, sometimes it depends on what inspired me, but I do really love that moment of the first kiss, you know, where whatever's gone on to get them there and they both kind of, hit that moment of I'm going to do this. And it's just a fun, like who doesn't remember their first kiss? You know, like it's just a fun moment. Ah, yes. That one time. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully it was a good experience. Oh, it, it, was. it was. It's just one of those things where you're like, now that you're older, it's funny because when you're younger, you have this vision of what it looks, it would be like, right? And then, right. and then, in the moment, it might be just like that in your head. Um, but then you, you know, you get older, you have other different experiences and you now it's more of a fond memory, but then the, you remember that other one 
that it may not have been a first, but it was so damn good. Yeah. Whether it's because that was the moment that you now are with the person that you, you know, it's been years um, or the adventure or the fun because you were on a business trip or something like that. Right. So, (laughs) yeah. So it's all that things, but that's the definitely a one where as a reader and a listener, I'm going, how is this going to happen? You know, especially with slow burns because you get more information up front and, if the trope is enemy to lovers or if the trope is you know friends to to lovers of sorts you're always kind of like is it now oh okay no oh there's another one oh no you know and so you're like that moment of of excitement and nerves like when it's and then when it happens you're like oh yeah that tension i love the tension i love it like every single scene has that tension you know you're like oh mm-hmm. this is so good is it gonna be, is it gonna be now is it gonna be now is it gonna be now mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> exactly um those are always fun too to again to read and and so satisfying because you're like finally okay yeah, yeah. because it's almost like a part one or and then a part two in a book when it's like that right the first yes. part is almost like how do they get to that moments in in their relationship and then the next part is what comes next you know how do they move forward from this um and how do they go into that journey to to get to that hea at the end for all of us how do they keep it together like how Uh do they keep it together that's a good yeah because life (laughs) right yeah and also too when when you when you write these books there's always something that has to separate them right or make it worth them knowing that this relationship is worth staying together and so that also too is like that's why i like the journey it's like okay where are they going from here how do they stay yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and you know i'm not there are some of my books that have like the breakup scene you know but not all of my books do and i think that's why i love the slow burn also is because if you spend so much time building to that point, then you may have a shorter journey left in the book and you may not have to have that breakup scene. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, I mean, I do have some of my stories do have breakups, but a lot of them don't like it. A lot of them are just like, how do they figure out how to be together as people? And, and then they don't have to break up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Trust me. I am all for that because the number of times I have thrown a book across the room literally and figuratively because i'm not doing that to my kindle um but wanting to (laughs) because they got into a fight and they broke up but all they had to do was just talk yes you know so to me that's like god damn it no stop stop where you don't move from there and talk to each other um so when i have a book that i'm reading that has that slur born but also it's that there's no breakup i'm like yes because they're talking to each other and they already did that part. Yay. (laughs) They worked so hard to get here. They're not going to give it up easily. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those, aha, yes, it's done. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What made you decide to have your stories placed in audio? Um, So really just looking at, at the time that I started my first audiobook, blah, let me start over. <laughs> when I first, my first audiobook came out in 2018, and um, I had been looking at the market by then, you know, so I didn't know anything when I started. And then as I started to like peel back all the layers of the publishing world and was reading statistics, I was looking at the growth of the audiobook market. And 
how much faster audiobooks were growing compared to print or ebook even at the time. So the leaps and bounds it was growing. And um, so I was like, I want to be in this world. I want to be in the audiobook world. I want some of my books out there. But I didn't have the cash flow. Like it's expensive. People, I don't know that readers really realize the price tag that comes with making an audiobook, especially as an indie author, if you're self-published and you know, it's an expensive endeavor. So I had been looking into Audible where you can do partner sharing with your narrator. And I went back and forth on that because, you know, it's a seven-year agreement that you and your narrator are hooking to. And not everybody knows that either. And, you know, that's a big risk if you find somebody who you're not compatible with, right? Like you get stuck in this marriage over an audiobook that you're like, I don't even like this person anymore. So I did some more research again and was looking out there and started kind of listening to the samples of people because my first book is, uh, is takes place in Tennessee. So the heroine has like a Southern accent, not a strong, but a, a soft Southern accent. And I wanted that to be reflected in the story. So I was listening to a lot of people who had accents and I came upon Sarah Puckett's uh, audition samples in the Audible world. And I reached out to her. She had a lot of books already and I didn't expect her to say yes, but I went out and I was like, look, this is the story. This is kind of my journey. This is what I'd like. And I'd love to have you come on board. And she did, she read the, she read the story. She loved the story and she came on and narrated for me as profit sharing. So she's been the narrator on the whole album series uh, from the get go and helped me find the male narrators because the first two books are in single point of view. So they're only female. And then the last two books in the series are dual point of view. And so she helped me find the narrators to come on board for those. And I love both the voices. Neil Thorne and Michael Norman Johnson both did an amazing job with the stories. So she's just been a great partner. I really, so some of it was luck. I really lucked out in, in bringing her on board and the fact that she was so willing to help me. And she's just a great partner because I didn't know, again, a lot about audiobook publishing. And she helped me with the business side of it and kind of getting books out there. I it's the only series right now that has the um, audiobooks because of the expense of it. And I'm still trying to earn enough money to like be able to afford the rest of it. Um, so, and Sarah has asked, you know, do you want, do you want to continue and do the anchor series? And I would absolutely do more with Sarah. It's just kind of my time frame and what I'm looking to do right now. Mm-hmm. Well, you yeah. You bring up a great point in, in that sometimes the listeners can get frustrated because they want more, which is great. That's not the problem. Um, the problem comes in funding the more. Yeah. And um, just like when we look at a book that is like $15.99 for a paperback versus $25.99 for a paperback and we're going, huh? Or in, you know, Kindle, you know, why is it $14.99 when it's just a document? You know what I mean? Because right. uh, um, I've questioned it, but I've also know that there's a lot of work that still goes into it, regardless right. if it's a Kindle or a paperback. Exactly. And, and the same goes for the audio. There is a lot of cost to it. I mean, you could 
narrate it your damn self um as the author right um but would <laughs> yeah. it be a good product it'd probably be okay you know could you hire some individuals that are narrating from their closet with no setup or they sound like they're in the bathroom instead because of the echo yep totally um but would it sell no are you you're kind of shortchanging the story and you're totally shortchanging the audience to such a good story so you want to make sure that there's a lot of things that are set up for the production of an audiobook that are set up correctly whether that's finding the good the the, the voice that's a match to the characters the quality of the you know you want to make sure it's a good book because if there's pitching or dogs barking in the background and i'm going mm, no <laughs> And I mean, and that's the truth. I mean, the audiobooks are made, made, made or kind of broke or made based on the narrator or their voice. And I've heard that repeatedly. You know, no matter how good the book is written, if people, if the readers, the listeners don't like the narration, it ruins the audiobook. So, okay. yeah. So I really if like there's that dogs list. barking or coughs going on in the background um, <laughs> because the, the, the narrator didn't get an editor, right? I mean, so it's <laughs> it's worth the expense and there yes. are different ways to go about it. And so those are the conversations sometimes that production companies have with the authors and there's different ways to get it done. But at the end of the day, the listeners and the readers have to trust the author to know that when they give us their baby, it's going to be totally ready. Yeah. You know, so it's a good way to kind of try to look at it from that perspective. I know it's again, I'm the one that also goes to the author. So, so hey, when's that next book coming out? <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing that to Dorinda Jones for years about that one particular character, you know, and uh, I don't know if she finally got to it because if the story finally came where she just did it to get me off her back. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love Dorinda. I know she loves me. Um, but it's just, you know, we fall in love with the stories. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we fall in love with the stories that you guys write. And of course, sometimes that happens where a character that's just in the moment, potentially a throwaway calendar, but, you know, character, but we're like, Ooh, we want that. We want him. We want more of that. Or we want her. We're, 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 what about her? And yes. Yeah. So that's also where the desire for wanting more comes into play, including audio. Right. Um, but at the same time, expensive, expensive. Um, yes. So if you want more, buy more books. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly. That's exactly it. Because right, that's, you know, I don't. I hate telling that to people because you know I don't want people to spend more money than they can afford either. But, right. No, but, but the answer is the answer is once I can afford to do it, which means I need to buy, have sell a bunch more books. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But there's also because uh, you bring up a great point too again um as far as the expense for the read for the reader and the listener um yeah. it's called the library yeah. and many many libraries will um will ask for recommendations and suggestions and they they're looking for these books that the the you know community wants and if the community is small and tiny and the you know the book selections may not be there the the bigger metropolis ones will allow you to purchase a almost like a subscription for the year um as low as sometimes $25 um wow. so you can be living in you know middle of nowhere illinois or middle of nowhere texas 
and have a library card from New York City and get all the books that you want, you know. For audio. I know I have a couple of friends who do that. Mm -hmm. Like they have like subscriptions to a library in Boston or something. Mm -hmm. And then they get a bunch of audio books for free. Yeah. Orlando is another one here that's fantastic with their audio books. So it's, yeah. So I looked out. Um, But that's how I kept my cost too and it's still helping the author because the licenses were already sold but you're also raving about the book and someone else will go buy it so it's a lovely ecosystem of sorts (laughs) it is it is it is Mm -hmm. do you listen to audiobooks okay so this is the one I always get that I hate to answer to and the answer is no it's okay Um, to say no it's fine yeah (laughs) no shame in it I wish I, I wish, I think it's, I'm a visual person. So like learning anything has always been visual for me and my brain gets distracted really easily. So people are like, you just need to be listening when you're doing something like working out on the treadmill or cleaning the house or something. But seriously, I have tried those and my brain still goes somewhere else. So like, I'll be, I'll have it up, you know, in my, I'll even turn it up because people are like, make sure it's turned up really high. Cause if you have it turned down low, then you kind of tune it out. And so like, I'll turn it up really high. I'm like, and my brain is still lost thinking of something else. They'll say something and I'll be like, Oh, I have to do blah, 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 blah. And then <laughs> half the story's gone by and you're like, Oh my God, I just missed a whole chapter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And rewinding an audiobook is significantly a bigger pain in the ass than flipping a page. It uh, is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But no, don't feel, I mean, the way our brains work is, you know, fascinating. Yeah. Um, and not everybody can do audio. And just like not everybody can read and sit there and, you know, and, enough to read a book, which is exactly. why they have audio. So there's yes. no shame and there's no one should be shaming. Okay. <laughs> um to not be able to get into audio you know some of us also too are in the mood some you know as much as I want to listen to it every single day sometimes I just need to blast you know my Taylor Swift or you know or some other story in there just to kind of get moving and the audiobook won't do that for me you know right exactly yeah I love that there is audiobooks now and I love you know as a teacher I love that that medium is now available for people especially for kids who didn't who struggled with the reading and it will never be part of their way their brain is wired, right? And I think it makes me so happy that those stories are still accessible now in a way that weren't, you know, even 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty cool. It's very cool. And and from that perspective, again, we all learn differently. Some of us are note takers. And if you don't write it down, it just not does not, you know, stick. Others exactly. are visual or otherwise can just hear it and then done. Um, or some of us can be a mix of all of that, depending on the, on the, what we're studying or like me oh. and math, not going to happen regardless oh. of how I do it. <laughs> um, Cause I dread it all. Now, maybe if certain narrators were teaching me how to say it in a, via an audio book, which is math, it can't be done. But anyways, maybe then it would have stick more, but no, that's not how it works. Uh, so <laughs> learning is, is important. How we learn the fact that now is being considered. Yeah. is fantastic um and knowing that that's an option too for individuals that you know may have eyesight issues or may you know are blind and just can't or don't have the time i mean yeah life is busy it is literally all of those mm-hmm. things right yeah so it's amazing mm-hmm. that they're there 
Yeah. So it's okay when you get next time you get asked if you listen to audiobooks, don't go into it with like, oh, I hate this question or, <laughs> or, or feeling like like you should be ashamed. No, just own it and and just dive in, you know, say, no, I don't because my brain, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, my it's, brain is wired differently. <laughs> yes. And that's good. That's fine. Because if it wasn't wired that way, maybe we won't be getting the stories that you're writing us either. That's so, right, right? yes. <laughs> So that's that's the thing that the, the way that we are, there's a reason for it. Sometimes we're still trying to figure some of that stuff out, but it's still a reason, you know, so it's totally OK. So I love asking the next question because I, I find it fascinating, the different answers. But you as a teacher on top of now an author, what is your favorite word? I think the word that kind of comes to mind right away for me is hope. Because I know that seems so sweet and sappy, but um, I just feel like not only does our world need it, but uh, once you give it up, you limit yourself, right? So I think it's such a powerful word. And I think um, it has nothing to do with a religious aspect at all. It's just simply like if you, we just need more of it. <laughs> and, and it's kind of, if you stop believing in yourself, then nothing's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, life so. will be very miserable. Yes. Yeah, no, that's that's beautiful thank you and also being a teacher especially with um elementary students what's your favorite curse word because we were talking about that before how you had to get creative sometimes <laughs> so i'm like where is she gonna go with this one <laughs> i know i had to be really creative my second book um the my life is a pop album like the heroine in there doesn't swear so she has all the like words that i used to say for first graders you know <laughs> It was kind of fun, like just to put them in a page somewhere so people could see all the things I would use. Mm-hmm. But I would say probably shit is my favorite first word. I that's the one that comes out the most all the time. Mm-hmm. But according to my mother, who reads my books, she reads all my books before they're published, also, and um, she's always like, "You use the f word too much again." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that's I, so sweet. I guess, I guess when I write, my favorite curse word is the F word. <laughs> In my real life, it's shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, a well-placed fuck. You know what I mean? Seriously, It just right? totally emphasizes or just describes the moments. <laughs> you know? And so, yeah. But that is so cute that your mom reads the books and that she still tells you that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah actually my dad reads my books my father-in-law reads my books so uh, sometimes I'll be writing the sex scene and I'm like oh my god my dad my mom my sister (laughs) my father-in-law are all gonna read this story yeah but still at least it was a slow burn which means that there's not gonna be that many of those there's not that many that's right (laughs) versus imagine if you were writing traditional more you know yeah off the page you know, I do have I do have a couple books where it's not a slow burn. There's like mm-hmm. two of them, two of yeah. like fifteen, right? So yeah, so yeah, it's okay. but two, <laughs> but two of them, and even then, like 
they have the sex, but then it's like a slow burn to the next time. Yeah. <laughs> saying? So, yeah. Just yeah. how I write. Yeah. But as, as long as your, your parents, in laws, or not, don't ever come to you and say, man, that was a good idea, you're fine. <laughs> All right. Or got to try that one next time. No, you're fine. Okay. So you're good. <laughs> No, but my father-in-law did come to me. He's like the first couple of weeks. He's like, "Can you write a really tall person the next time your heroine? Can she be really tall?" <laughs> like, okay, well, okay, I'll write a tall heroine for you. Yeah, it, it, we all have our how we you know can relate to the characters and things like that. I always wonder too, like when it comes down to the 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 characters, if like significant other, even if it's in jest, I think there's always that moment of like. I inspired that one, right? <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, you didn't. <laughs> yes, baby. Yes, you did. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Yeah. But yeah, it's those moments, you know, you got to come with the laughs. That's know? right. And again, it could have been worse. At least they were just asking for the heights. So that's good. So that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Leave it true. at that. Yes. We'll leave it Leave at it that. at that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, changing of that subject, because huh, um, <laughs> um, one of the things I do love doing and hanging out with the, the guest is playing the game of the two truths and a lie, because y'all get creative and sneaky. And also along the lines of also getting to know you guys better. And it's so much fun also to just try to figure out which one is the lie, especially when you guys have been so creative. Um, so if you're ready to share your three things about you for us to figure out which is the lie okay i'm not very creative when it comes to this kind of stuff so this is what you get okay (laughs) i'm a night owl by nature i'm team spike in the buffy battles and drinking coffee makes me puke okay night owl see this is where i say the creative is not so much what the things are but for an example, the night owl by nature of sorts, um, that part, it just that's where the creativeness comes into play, where there's part of it is true, but that other part makes it a lie because it's not. So <laughs> yeah. I can totally see you as a as a team spike though. I mean, I know that you were probably shooting for yay for angel here and there, but I can totally see the whole spike thing. Well, so how can it spike? I almost gave it away. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm I'm thinking that's not the lie, though. So if it is, we're gonna have to have another conversation. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Is the lie the coffee that makes you ill? No. Okay. That's good. And we do not get along. I don't like how, like so bad that if you even like I can't do coffee flavored candies. I can't do people are like, no, this like caramel macchiato, blah, blah, blah. Oh, no, you no. can't even taste the coffee. I'm like, no, you can taste the coffee. Mm. Like, no, anything coffee flavored in me do not get along. Okay. But it doesn't make you puke because you were saying, right? So Well, it can make me puke if you make me eat it or oh, drink well, it. Yeah. I know. <laughs> All right, so that's so that's true. Okay, that's but, true. okay. Hmm. So, night owl by nature or team spike? Uh, night owl by nature. I'm really hoping you're team spike. <laughs> <laughs> the night owl by nature is the lie. All right, yay! 
I've yeah. never been a night owl ever in my whole life. I'm an early bird, which is good because with the three cats, they wake me up at like four or five in the morning nowadays. So I'm like, yeah. okay, this is a little too early even for me, people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did not get yeah. that memo, didn't they? Um, <laughs> no. But I'm sure that also helped as far as being a teacher too, because, you know, you were bed early enough to be able to get up early to manage those children and yes. Give them I could have hope. a smile on my face early morning. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Where not all my teacher friends could, right? Right. <laughs> and you did like... not need coffee for it either, since you don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't say no caffeine. I, I will, didn't say no I, Well, I said coffee, you know, there's a yeah. difference. Yeah. A lot of people <laughs> automatize, especially for the first thing in the morning, they'll go straight for like, I need coffee. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I know I have a couple of friends and people that I know in my life that were straight to the soda. Um first thing in the morning just for that caffeine port you know so mm-hmm. for a long time I was soda now I'm just a chai drinker so I drink mm-hmm. chai like okay right and left yeah all right but good you, you're our team spike you know yes yeah. <laughs> which brings up normally the other like thing that people are like no you can't I'm, I'm not normally a vampire person like I'm not I'm just I've never been huge on vampire like stories and stuff but I love Spike, like yeah. <laughs> Angel. No Spike, yes. And then, uh, and I love the Discovery of Witches stories. When I started that <gasps> series, I didn't yes. even know, like the way the description is written for those books, or when I read them, the description, you didn't really understand that he was a vampire. So, like, you don't even really realize he's a vampire for like the first few chapters of that book. Like, you get. You get pretty much into the story, but you're like, oh, shit, this guy's a vampire. <laughs> and I still love those stories. But I, other than that, I'm not huge on vampires. They're just not my... Yeah, but funny enough, though, both the, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer and The Discovery of Witches, aside from the title, um, is really about the the characters mostly so if you take out the fact that they're vampires you still get a really good story about self-discovery and you know family dynamics and friendships and not following the norm or conforming to the norm um and you can't see me but i'm over here cheering yes yes yes, right yes Yes, exactly yeah (laughs) absolutely and for the discovery of witches is also just like accepting that you are good at some things and also accepting that you may not be good at everything and and sometimes you just suck and that's okay you know and and how do you fit into the family when you're the one that is not you know the 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 skill sets may not be there and if you really do want them how do you go about it so there's a lot stuff there that if you remove the magical aspect of things it still would have worked i think absolutely but spike made it better <laughs> yes i know yeah it will I say know. with me for him was a, the 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 wit and the sarcasm that always got me with him i was like yeah <laughs> so absolutely mm-hmm. yes he was great and then the angel was just kind of flaky yeah <laughs> you know, like i mean he was in and out of her life and yeah like i mean whatever she was young you were old i get it <laughs> Yeah, that's true too. An age gap romance. <laughs> yeah, talk about yeah, but it comes down to age gaps and vampires. That's always a mm, funny line because I'm going. Well, technically, you look like you're 17, but <laughs> boy, you you a thousand. So hmm. <laughs> that's true. You know, you know, 
but yeah, no, it, there's a lot of things that, you know, I think with Angel, there was like moments where I'm going, can we stop already with the, I'm the bad guy and I don't have a son. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yes. you're still good. You're still working for the right cause. Enjoy the relationship and shut up and stop b- bitching, you know? Yeah. Where that's where Spike was like, fuck that shit. I'm just going to do it. <laughs> I'm me. Yes. You don't like it too bad. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> love that about them but yeah so you thought yes team spike love it yes mm-hmm. so we're in august and next month is september not like y'all didn't know that i'm sorry it's just again um it's been a long day but <laughs> <laughs> the allure convention is coming up that is the first one that is that i know of that is specifically and solely about audiobooks and you're going to be there as a signing author i'm so excited about allure because you know, I've said earlier that Sarah Puckett is my narrator and she's like took the risk to come on board with me when she didn't have to, but I've never got to meet her in person. So <sighs> Sarah is obviously going to be there. She's one of the people that are running it. And I'm just so excited to be able to hug her in person for the first time, you know? So if you hear a random scream, it's you. probably what it is, uh-huh. is me finding, finally getting to hug Sarah for the first time. So yeah, I'm very excited. It's also my very first book signing. Really? So I've got I've got tons of nerves and I'm in California, so I have to fly. So I'm like trying to plan everything in advance. And I'm a planner in that regard for travel and stuff. So I'm super excited about it. I can't wait to meet people. There's so many author friends that are gonna be there and narrator friends, all of my narrators, other narrators that I look up to that I can't wait to see. You're gonna be there. It's gonna be a blast. Yeah, no, I think yeah, it's gonna be so much fun. I think that just to see the energy like there's different groupings in the sense of like the narrators that are usually working by themselves are not going to be with some of their peers and they're going to be hanging out and meeting the, the their clients the authors that they work with even sometimes even the production companies that they may have never met yeah. and like you were saying you're not going to meet the person that helped you in this whole journey of audiobooks and yeah. so yeah so at least now i know that if i hear that oh my god um uh, it's you <laughs> Um, yes. <laughs> I'm like it's okay she's just hugging Sarah for the first time she's fine <laughs> everybody go back to work it's yeah. fine yeah yeah back to pay. let's go mm-hmm. don't there's, call 911 <laughs> yes go. there's swag and books to be signed let's go uh, <laughs> and it's also thrilling that it's going to be your first talk about an experience overall yeah it's going to be a blast I can't wait Mm-hmm. Yeah, plus there's going to be a couple of parties. Um, are you going to be attending the Prohibition party and the uh, Fire and Ice Gala? Prohibition one, I definitely am. The, the Fire and Ice, I'm not because not only am I getting to meet Sarah, but I'm also getting to meet some of my book team for the very first time. So people who help me edit and proof <gasps> and like you're going to go hang out with people them. that I've never got to meet. Yeah, it's I feel okay. kind of bad about it. I mean, I'm obviously going to be there for the full signing oh, period. Oh, no, you're fine, girl. Um, <clears throat> yeah, but I feel like, you know, I also owe them some time, some of my time as well. And they're driving to Chicago to see me or flying to Chicago. And it's just, you know, oh, that no. balance of. Yes, the the balance of saying thank you. We, you know, I love and adore you for everything that you've done and or going to party. Yeah, I mean, such a hard decision. Um, yeah. <laughs> Now, as someone that has helped authors and as someone that has done, you know, some of the stuff to, you know, as far as the, the whole getting the book out into the public eye, I like when it to be able to at least hang a couple of moments with that individual. So yeah. good for you that you're doing that is, you know, Fire Nights will be there another time. 
And yeah. it, I think it's very important to to have those moments with those individuals that helped you in this journey and, yeah. you know, to say thank you. Um, but also just to hang out with someone that also loves your books, aside <laughs> from the other fans that are going to get to meet you and stuff like that. So, yeah, so that'd be fun. Yeah, it's I'm exciting. Glad. And it's yeah. going to be a blast. And, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to see all the pictures of the people in their beautiful dresses and, mm-hmm. you know, fancy attire. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be fun yeah there's gonna definitely be a lot of different things there's also all the panels too i think it's gonna be a huge learning opportunity for many individuals regarding the industry um so that's always a good thing too um because you know as as much as we all love to have fun sometimes sharing the knowledge is just as fun you know at least for me anyways i love doing i totally agree yeah Mm -hmm. yeah passing down what you've learned is just you know, part of that whole paying it forward kind of thing too, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, if, if more people did that, I think we would be in a much better world. A lot yeah. of, unfortunately we live in a world where there's a lot of takers and, but knowing that there are more givers is always what makes me go, Oh, okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, otherwise it'd be like spike. <laughs> 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 yeah oh That's my goodness funny. like yeah let's get it done before we go can you tell us what you're currently working on and what's coming up next for you that you can share yeah so i have a new release coming out in september it's called the last one you loved and it's a single dad small town uh forced proximity second chance story um has like all the feels all the tension like he's not happy she comes back into town it's there's secrets there's suspense it's just i all agree i love every single part of it it comes out september 14th and um, the cover reveal was this week i i'm really excited about it for a long time it was known as my cowboy second chance story because i couldn't find a name for it and he's not really a cowboy he's a sheriff his family owns a ranch but he's not like on the ranch so he's not really a cowboy but um, the song that inspired it, there's two songs that inspired that book, and it was um, Ain't Always a Cowboy by John Party, and then uh, Lee Bryce's Memory You Don't Mess With, and mm-hmm. those two songs are like the story, like, <laughs> it just is amazing. <laughs> so I'm very excited about that. It's mm-hmm. um, almost here. I can't wait. And then in the meantime, I'm also working on a series, uh, it's called The Painted Daisies. It's a all-girl alternative rock band very diverse and um it is also suspense each book will have its own happily ever after their own couple their own suspense element but there will be a mystery element that goes through all five books a murder mystery so it's kind of fun I'm not a plotter by nature Mm -hmm. I'm I'm uh, I'm a open the book and start writing kind of person. <laughs> so this is an interesting like uh, I've been getting into suspense a lot more. So you have to have obviously some plotting uh, uh, with that. Oh, you have to know who did it at the beginning, otherwise, you know. <laughs> yes, well, to some degree, you'd be surprised how much you can get away with. But mm. um, <laughs> that's a totally another topic. She tried, folks. That's yeah. what she's trying to tell us. She tried. <laughs> So I'm really excited. I've got um, two and a half of those stories um, written, ones with my developmental editor and ones still in the progress. We're trying to like, I'm trying to get through all of them before we release them next year because 
I'm not a plotter and I want to make sure I can go back to all five stories and kind of tweak and fix and get things together. And because there is the murder mystery that goes through all five, I want to release those fairly closely together so people aren't waiting. So I'm stockpiling them, but I'm writing them and loving them. And I love that it's an all girl band. I love that they're, you know, diverse characters and it's just fun. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I love it when the you get the different couples, but also there's still something to figure out, especially when it, there's a mystery and you have that dun 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 moment. And uh, but it, thank you for wanting to release them close to back, you know, back to back. Because otherwise, we're like, really, I want to know who done it. <laughs> I know, I know, and I'm not a cliffhanger person. Like, so this is like so weird because as a person, like, if, you, if I open a, a book description on Amazon and it says it's cliffhanger. Well, 80% of the time, I'm not going to buy it. That's just me. There are people right. who love them. But for me, I, there will still be ones that suck me in. But most of the time, I'm like, I don't want a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. And these really aren't cliffhangers in the sense that each couple gets their own happily ever after. Their suspense element gets solved. It's just this one piece of the story that will go. Over. Yeah. But my, but my mom has been like, I want to know. Mm-hmm. I want to know who the murderer is. And I'm like... <laughs> Sorry, mom, you got two and a half books still to go. <laughs> yep. This part of the fun is the discovering and figuring, see if you can figure out or if you were right, if you can guess from the very beginning. Um, but yeah, th- those are, I was going to say that it's te- technically not a cliffhanger. So thank you for, um, you know, explaining that to, because there are listeners that are like, oh, hell no to the cl- cliffhangers. Yeah. And, um, but I love it when there is something still to look forward to that keeps them tied together, aside from, you know, the, the fact that they're all in the band or that they live in the same town and things like that, you know, so. Right. Yeah. It kind of is that whole world building again. Thank you again so much for being my guest today, LJ. It's been so much fun getting to know you and learning about your books. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really appreciative of your time and I'm honored to be on your podcast. Aw, thank you. And I will be including all of their social media links. So if you're not following her, you will hopefully be doing that now and going right now to kind of click on it and follow her because, you know, the books that she's talked about here have are fantastic. They're, the covers are great. Her website's also fantastic, by the way. Love it. So yeah, so I'll be including all that information uh, as well as some of the stuff that we talked about here today over at the episode's post at Viviana Enchantress of Books. And until next time, happy listenings. Thank you to all of our audiobook-loving podcast Patreon. Special thanks to Nixley Zenner, Carol Liebner, Brittany Robinette Leiter, Michelle Bastard, Brandy Schmidt, April Branson. The audiobook-loving podcast has special Patreon access levels. Join today to receive benefits including early access to episodes, shout-outs, special exclusive content, and much more. Support the podcast by becoming a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash audiobookloving. We thank you for your support. Thank you for joining us on the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, hosted by Viviana Enchantress of Books. For links and more information discussed in today's episode, previous podcasts, or the Audiobook Lovin' series, please visit our website, vivianaenchantressofbooks.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a positive review wherever you listen to our podcast. Until next time, happy listening.